You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the Spirit, Part 5. Enjoy. Our beliefs on the person of Christ, our beliefs change our circumstances. This is the year of the Spirit. You're never going to be the same again. You're never going to be the same again. You're never going to be the same again. This is the year you walk in a supernatural strength like never before. This is the year where you personally are going to get to know the Holy Spirit more intimately than you ever have before. Where you're going to lean your whole person on him and let him take you forward into the fullness of his plan for your life. This is the year. Hallelujah. It's really the only way to truly live. If you haven't given your whole self to the Holy Spirit, you haven't started living yet. He's satisfying. Right, Dana? Dana loves that word, satisfying. The only way to maximize you is to give you to the Holy Spirit. The only way to be all that you can be is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not a mysterious, spooky thing as religion makes it out to be. The religions of the world create a mystery about spiritual things and about God. He's, he's kind of foggy and it's mysterious and ooh, you never really know what's going to happen. Jesus destroyed that mystery. He came to the earth and completely destroyed all mystery about God. And if you feel you have some mystery left in your mind, that's simply because you haven't gotten to know the real Jesus yet. The more you spend time with him, and studying him in the scriptures, the less mystery there'll be to your life. The less drama there'll be to your life. I like watching a good mystery film, you know, or a good drama, but not in my life. It's okay for entertainment, but not in my life. It's just entertainment, it's not for your life. Leave it to the movies. The Holy Spirit is the drama remover. See, it depends on who the director of the film is and how much drama there's in it, right? Who's the director of your life? Who's calling the shots? When the Holy Spirit's your director, you don't respond to things the same way that other people do, right? The Holy, the Holy Spirit, when you're listening to him, you realize he's got you. He's going to work all things out for your good. I don't have to lash out. I don't have to respond the way that someone else might respond who's not trusting in him because he's got me. The Holy Spirit makes us peaceful people. People that aren't uh, easily offended or irritated because man can't do that to us. What can man do to us? God's for us, right? What can they do? God's for you. Who can be against you? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely? Not going to cost you a thing. Freely give you all things. Is that a pretty little saying that I made up? Where is that at? In the Bible, where? Anyone know? Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Learn the promises of God. It will remove the drama from your life. You know, drama becomes like a drug if, you, if you're used to it. And, and the flesh loves it. The carnal nature loves drama. Wants more of it. You know, drama drains your strength. Drama affects your health. You don't need it. It doesn't do you any good. It actually does you harm. Drama does you harm. Hallelujah. God is good. Isn't he good? So we're listening to our life coach. The Holy Spirit's our life coach this year, right? And every year. But he's emphasizing that now because he has a destination for you. The coach of the Patriots has a destination. That's the Super Bowl, right? It's interesting when I listen to different players talk throughout the year and some are excited about going to the Pro Bowl, but usually, but there are some like Tom Brady who's not. He said, I'm not playing to go to the Pro Bowl. My destination's the Super Bowl. It's different when the Holy Spirit is your coach. He has a better destination for you than man does. He has a better destination for you than you've imagined. Let him coach you and get you there. He'll take you all the way. He knows all of the right plays to call and when to call them. He knows who, he knows who needs to be in your life and when they need to be there. He knows where you need to be and when you need to be there. You don't. I don't either. <laughs> But he does, so I'm going to let him lead. No one can coordinate the giftings inside of you. No one can uh, inspire you to employ them like he can. There's giftings inside of you you haven't discovered yet. Isn't that amazing? You say, but I'm 68 years old. There's things inside of you you haven't discovered yet. It's time to let the Holy Spirit unfold all of you. Unveil all of you. It's time to unveil you to the world around you. The real you is amazing. The real you is bursting with love. The real you is full of joy. The real you. The real you is full of peace. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. The real you. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the Holy Spirit wants to take the limits off your life. And if you'll simply enter into a relationship, not a religion, a relationship with him, he'll do just that. He'll take the limits off of your life. I remember there was a go-kart place close to my home when I was a kid. Man, I thought it'd be the greatest thing in the world to own a go-kart. And there was something on the engine of the go-kart, a governor. 
And some of my friends, when they'd go to the go-kart place, they knew how to take the governor off of the engine. And they'd get on that track and... And, the, and everyone who had a governor on theirs couldn't keep up with them. There's a... The Holy Spirit wants to take the limits off your engine. You've got things to do. You've got a destiny to fulfill. And you can't let anyone hold you back anymore. It's time. You see, a real relationship with the Holy Spirit unveils potential inside of you you never thought was possible. Jesus said many things that are life-changing, but one of them is in Mark 9, 23. He said, all things are possible to professional athletes. Is that what he said? All things are possible to him who believes. I mean, was he, did he slip when he said that? He never slipped once in anything he said. That's why he's Jesus, right? All things are possible to the one who believes him. Hey, I like that. <laughs> Put up John 14, 12. John 14, 12. A real relationship with the one who made you will take the limits off your life. Religion actually will put limits on your life. Religion will build walls and fences around you. Re religion will put boundaries around you that you can't overcome. John 14, 12. Jesus, our Messiah, said this very thing. Verily, verily, which means truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, what works did he do? Healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, set the captives free, the maimed were made whole, the lame walk. The works that I do shall he do also. Who? The one who believes on Jesus. The one who simply takes Jesus at his word. The one who elevates the word of Jesus above their life experiences. The one who elevates the word of Jesus above what others have said. The one who elevates what Jesus said above my own conclusions. But he didn't stop there. You'd think that'd be enough. She'll do the works that I do and greater works than these shall he do. This is a magnified time of God's glory in the earth. People look at the Bible and think, wouldn't that have been wonderful? You're living in greater days. Now, you're in greater days than Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Christ hadn't risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. Acts was just the beginning of how glorious it was going to be. How glorious it is today. Hallelujah. When God has a relationship with someone, he brings them into the impossible. 
every time if they're willing to go there. That's where God's taking you into the impossible. We see it over and over and over again in the scriptures with anyone who is willing to follow him. He wants to bring you into the impossible. You see, before Jesus came, the Old Testament's very important. When most people think of the Old Testament, they think of Moses and the Ten Commandments. But actually, that was only a, a, a small part of the Old Testament. Before Jesus came, God gave us a template for our relationship with him. Who was that template? Anybody know? He's referred to as the father of our faith. Yeah. Abe, right? Not Lincoln, but Abraham, right? Why was Abraham the father of our faith? Was Abraham a contemporary with Moses? No. Nope. In fact, Abraham left the earth and Moses didn't come around. The, the Ten Commandments weren't given until hundreds of years later. From the time of Adam to the time of Jesus was about 4,000 years. We can trace the, chrono, the, the chronology of Adam all the way up uh, to Jesus. It's about 4,000 years, give or take a Labor Day or two. But from Adam to the Ten Commandments was about 2,500 years. That means the Levitical law, the Ten Commandments, the, the law written in stone was only in effect for about 1,400, maybe 1,500 years out of 4,000. Out of the 6,000 plus years we've been on earth, the law was only in effect for about 1,400, 1,500. That's less than 25% of the time man's been on the earth. But yet, when people think of Christianity, they think of the Ten Commandments. Why? Because they haven't entered into a free, unhindered, nothing is impossible relationship with the one who made them. We don't have a relationship with stone tablets. You can't hug a stone tablet. You can't eat a stone tablet. But Jesus said, eat me. Partake of me. Too many Christians trying to eat stone instead of the bread of life. That's why their hearts are hard. And they're brittle. And they get broken easy. You become, you are what you eat, Right? If you eat stone, you're going to be brittle. Used to love to go to this Italian bakery in my hometown growing up. They had this fresh hot bread, baby. Couldn't wait for a loaf of that to come out of the oven. That's Jesus. He's fresh hot bread from heaven. Eat him. So long before, long, long, long before, 
the Ten Commandments were ever given, it was God's desire to simply walk with man in a real relationship. Why is Abraham the father of our faith? Because he simply chose to believe God. No priests, no Levitical priesthood, no tabernacle, no Ten Commandments. They weren't around. They hadn't been given yet. The only reason they had to be given because man's heart became so hard. Man thought, you know, I don't even need God. We got this. And God had to reveal to man how desperately we needed them by revealing to him his true nature. The commandments reveal to us the true nature of God. He never lies. He never steals. He's never unjust in any way. But God's desire was that we would simply hear him and believe him. And this is what Abe did. He heard what God said to him and he believed him. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 and let's look at the father of our faith. Because in the year of the Spirit, this is, your, your, your moving forward is going to happen by faith. So Adam is not the father of our faith, right? Moses is not the father of our faith. Moses blew it, didn't he? He never entered the promised land. A lot of good things about Moses, but he's not our example. He's not our savior. Abraham is the father of our faith. Romans chapter 4. Verse 1, what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found? I like that. Proverbs 3, 20, no, Proverbs 4, verse 22, says that God's words are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. See, this is not automatic. You have to find the truth. In other words, when something's hidden, you have to uncover it. Satan is trying to hide what Christ did for you. And faith in Christ uncovers it. So when you take Jesus at his word, veils are removed. Confusion dissipates. And truth is made known. Abraham found the truth by simply listening to what God said to him. And what God asked of him was big. Because if we read through the scriptures, we find that Abraham and his fathers uh, worshipped other gods. They were pagans. And they, they worshipped the, the gods of the moon and different things. And, but somewhere in Abraham's heart, Abram's heart, I just believe, kind of speculating, that something wasn't sitting right with him. And I can relate to that. Growing up and going to the church I went to, I thought, something's just, something's wrong with this picture. My heart wanted more. And I think that was happening in Abraham. And God spoke to him. And he said, I want you to leave this. Leave what's familiar to you. Because it's not helping you. And I want you to follow me. And he did it. That's a big deal. 
That's not easy. We read through that and think that was a simple thing. Can you imagine, and I've, I've gone through this, where your own biological parents are telling you to do something ungodly, and you say no to that and walk away from it? It's not easy. In fact, it can be one of the most challenging things you do. But when you want Jesus, it's all right. You don't mind. I'd rather have him than the approval of biological parents, right? Because he's my heavenly father, and he's the one I want to please. So Abraham found something very priceless. Verse 2, Abraham was just, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Isn't that simple? And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Now, we're not talking about your place of employment in these scriptures. You understand that. We're not talking about when you go to work, you sit there, and, and your boss says, why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? Well, he said, I'm trusting God. No, that's not what we're talking about. Understand, we're talking about fulfilling your destiny. We're talking about being all that God created you to be. We're talking about being in the right place at the right time. Follow his leading. Religion will teach you you have to earn that. You have to do several right things in a row consistently if you're going to fulfill your destiny. You got to pray a certain way. You got to, you know, read the chronicles of your religion in, in a certain way. You've got to go through the catechism of your religion. You've got to jump through all of the hoops. You've got to do all the things that the leaders of your religion say you have to do. And then maybe you'll fulfill God's destiny for your life. And what the, that's what this is talking about here. This concept that we earn our position with God. Abraham is, was our example. He didn't do that. He didn't work for it. He didn't earn it. He wasn't a perfect man. He simply, as it said in verse 3, believed what God told him. In fact, in, in the book of John, um, chapter 6, somewhere around verses 26 and so, they asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works of God? And he simply said, believe on him whom he sent. Isn't that simple? Don't let anyone complicate that for you. What must I do to be healed? Believe on him whom God sent. What must I do to fulfill my destiny? Believe on him whom he sent. That's what this is talking about. You in life, pleasing God, walking with God, being in relationship with God is not by you being perfect, but by you believing. Hallelujah. Did we stop at the end of verse 5? Where did we stop at? Okay. Verse 6. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God 
imputes righteousness apart from works. When you believe in God, He gives Himself to you. All that He is. He's just waiting for you to believe. Your faith in Him is an open door for Him. When you doubt Him or take or lift man's word above His or lift your past circumstances above what He said, it makes things cloudy and it becomes a hindrance to Him giving Himself to you, to you experiencing Him, him in your personal life. Let's look how the message translation says this. In Romans chapter 4, verse 1. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? What's this new way? Believing. Just believing. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story. God has a God story for your life. That's the story you want to be written. The God story for your life. Not man's story for your life. God's story for your life. We're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. See, and this has helped me out so much. There were many times in my life I've needed things from the Lord and I've just needed, whether it was healing or provision or wisdom. And the Lord would remind me, I've done this for you and it's really not about you. I want people to see me in you. I want people to know how much I love them and you're a conduit for that. The devil can really hang you up on this works thing. Where, well, you know, you can't receive healing. You really didn't pray long enough this week. You know, you, you, you really shouldn't have said what you said to your cousin when you were at coffee yesterday. But it's not about you. It's about him. It's about his love for you. Healing is about how much he loves you, not how much you've pleased him. It'll set you free. It's not about my performance. It's about his performance and his love for me. I love this, verse 3. We read this, when we, what we read in scriptures is, Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. Religion wants to, you to enter into what you can do for God. Isn't that what President Kennedy said? Don't ask what you can do for God, but, or what God can do for you, but no, that wasn't it. Never mind. <laughs> right? He entered into what God was doing for him. Religion wants you to enter into what you can do for God. Isn't that different? It's a new way of looking at things. We don't come here to enter into what we can do for God. Come, enter into God's service and be a, you know, and, and please Him and, 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 and work for Him and, and serve Him the rest of your day. No, we're entering into what God has already done for us. 
Wow. Wow. And that was the turning point. This, you will find, will be the turning point in your life. When you change from working for God to trying to, to see what you can do for Him and begin to realize what He's already done for you. That's the turning point that God wants in your life. Enter into what He's already done for you. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. There's nothing wrong with that. And we are. We're good workers, right? When we're on our job, we do what we do as under the Lord. We're tops. We work with excellence. We do everything we do with excellence, right? There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's what we're talking about. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, your destiny, that it's something only God can do, when you enter into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He brings you into the, whole, into the impossible. When you see that it's a, your job, your destiny is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust Him to do it, you can never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and long you worked. Well, that trusting Him to do it is what gets you set right with God by God. Sheer gift. <laughs> Sheer gift. Nothing but gift. That's our relationship with God. Nothing but grace. All Him. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. Sheer gift. Sheer grace. Sheer love. Sheer power. Sheer wisdom. Hallelujah. Now let's jump down to verse 16. So this new way of looking things, looking at things, realizing what God has done for us, it's a turning point. And verse 16 of Romans 4 says, It's of faith that it might be by grace. What is grace? All that God has done for you through Christ. That's what grace is. Everything He accomplished for you through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. What's faith? Our response to that. Okay? Grace is God's part. Faith is our part. Grace is what He's done. Faith is what we do. We believe it. Do you see how they work together? We couldn't have faith without His grace. What He did came first. Right? We have no basis for any faith if he didn't express his love to us like he expressed it. So faith is simply a response to his love for us. Don't complicate it. Many have turned faith into a work. I'm going to build my faith. I've got to get more faith. I'm going to focus on my faith. I've got to say more scriptures. I've got to read more Bible. I've got to go to church more. I've got to listen to more messages. I'm not against any of those things, but I do those things because they're health food to me. I love eating because I love eating. And my body needs to eat. Your body does too. And I don't not eat today because I ate yesterday. That's why I'm in the Word. That's why I love to meditate in the Word. 
I love, to, I love to memorize. I love to speak it over my life regularly. I love to listen to good messages like Andrew Womack, Joseph Prince, Kenneth Copeland, Bill Winston, and, 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 and scores of others. Regularly, man, I'm on it. I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. Because I, I'm getting stronger as I listen. I love the, the feeling of eating a really good meal. Not stuffing yourself, but eating something that tastes good and is good for you. Not liver. <laughs> Jennifer, I've been married 24 plus years. I'm going to ask you a question. How many times in our home have we had liver? Dana knows the answer to that. It was one time. It was a new thing. We said, well, try it. Jennifer did a wonderful job of making it. We all sat down at the table. We took one bite, and the children looked at me. Because <laughs> when Jennifer says, you have to eat it, I back her up. This time, I didn't back her up. <laughs> You don't have to eat it. <laughs> and we didn't eat it. I don't know what we did. We went out for pizza, so I don't know what we did. <laughs> Called Domino's. <laughs> but I love when I eat something good, and I know it's good for me. Jesus tastes good, and he's good for you. He's delicious, and he's nutritious. <laughs> and I don't know the future, but I'm willing to bet we're not going to try it again as far as liver goes. <laughs> to the end promise, see, here's the thing about God's grace. It makes you sure in life. Because it's not based on you. If it's based, see, if your relationship with God is based on what you do, you'll never be sure. Never. I don't care how good you think you get. The only way you can be sure of what he's done for you if your surety is based on, what he, on him. That's the only way to be sure. So it's of faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure. Certain. And You know, and I, I, I've been around a lot of different types of Believers that have a different levels of knowledge of what Christ has done. But I'll hear people pray for someone to be healed. And then I'll hear them say later, you know, if it's God's will, you know, hopefully they'll be well. But they just prayed for them to be well. That's a contradiction. Listen, you can't have faith if you're not sure of his will. Faith begins when you're sure of His will. When the will of God has become clear to you. It is impossible to have faith if you do not know His will. I can't receive forgiveness of my sins if I don't know it's His will to forgive me. How can I? How can I come to Him? He's God. But when you know it's His will, you pray differently. Father, thank you that Jesus bore my sicknesses, 
carried my diseases, and by his stripes, I am healed. That's a different kind of prayer. The Lord, I pray that you, you know, hopefully can heal them. But if not, there's no power in that. That it might be sure Jesus did what he did so that your relationship would be bulletproof, doubt-proof, fear-proof. Christ came to give you a fear-proof relationship with the one who made you. Hallelujah. Now, sure to all the sea, not to that only which is of the law, which would have been the Israelites from Mount Sinai till Jesus came, but to that also which is of the faith, to, to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, that's us. Were you at Mount Sinai? Put your hand up if you were there at Mount Sinai for the giving of the ten. Okay. So we're those of the faith then, right? We're of the faith of Abraham. Don't live like you were at Mount Sinai. You weren't there. You don't have the t-shirt. I don't either. Our t-shirt is the faith of Abraham, right? Before that ever happened. What's our mount? Zion. He's not here, is he? Oh, Mount Zion is our mount, right? We've received an unshakable, sure kingdom. I'm so glad that Mount Zion is my mountain, not Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. We're not Mount Sinai Christians. We're Mount Zion Christians. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the sight of him who we believe, even God, now this is impossible, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. What did I, I jumped to 17? No, yeah, I'm sorry, 17. Put 17 up there. There we go. Who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. A real relationship with Jesus will bring you into the impossible. That's where he lives. Stuff that can't be done any other way he wants to do in your life. That's who he is. That's what he does. He gives life to the dead. He calls into being things that don't exist. If you're missing a body part, call it into being. That's the life in us. Body be whole. Every whit whole. Every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system. Be whole. Tell your body how whole it is. Don't let your body dictate to you the quality of your health. You take authority over your body and you tell your body how healthy and strong it is every day. Body, you're healthy and strong. Every part of you is whole and joined and connected and functioning as God designed you. You are the healed of the Lord and you will be for the rest of your life. You're fully hydrated. You're strong. You're, you're moist. Your bones are moist and flexible. Your digestive system processes everything perfectly. Fully digests and processes things as it was designed to process it. What do they call that? Heartburn. What's another name for it? No. Don't tolerate that garbage. I can eat anything anytime I want. Even those little peppers that 
make you break into a sweat. Except liver, I can't eat that. I can't. It's like kryptonite to Superman, right? Liver. I can't even do it by faith. I, I just can't. <laughs> Woo, help me, Jesus. Okay. Now listen to this. The faith that was in Abraham is now inside of you. Put verse 18 up there. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. What does that mean? There are two kinds of hope. There's the worldly hope that's like wishing. Right? It's like, boy, I really hope that happens. But there's another kind of hope that's Bible hope. It's a sure confidence. It's a certainty. It's a confident assurance. So it's saying, contrary to hope, that, gee, I hope this is going to work out, in confidence assurance, he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. The same faith that's in you is going to be in your descendants. That same faith is in you now. To simply believe him. It's in you, and when you choose to do it, it comes alive. Taking God at his word awakens the faith that's already in you. You're not trying to get faith. It was deposited in you when he made you. It's a part of our new nature in Christ. Hallelujah. We still awake? We doing good? You've got it in you. It's part of your nature. In fact, Romans 12, 3, pop that up real quick. God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, religion makes you think you've got to try and earn, get this somehow. How am I gonna, where am I going to go to get faith? It's inside of you. It took faith to build you in your mother's womb. You're made of faith. That's the stuff you're made of, man. It's part of your very nature. But it's only a relationship with God that can truly awaken it and cause it to become very real in you. All right, let's, let's get through this here. This is so good. So the Holy Spirit wants to awaken the faith that's already in you. He wants to bring you into the impossible in this year of the Spirit. There are things he wants to do this year that are not possible any other way. Can you enter into that? How? Just believe him. Just believe him. Verse 20 of same chapter. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured, verse 21, that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. I want to read those same passages in the Amplified Translation. It really makes it clear. No unbelief or distrust made him waver that's unbelief's job to make you waver that's fear's job that's that's symptoms job that's sickness's job 
to make you waver and, and unbelieve, to turn your faith off, to shut your faith down. So that, you, so that there's a blockage there between what God has done for you and what you're experiencing. Faith opens that door so that what God has done for you becomes your experience. That's right, that's right, that's right. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. That's Satan's territory. Unbelief and distrust. That's where he operates. That's where he wants to bring you. But we're not going there. Doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. Now here is how you grow strong in faith. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. What did he give praise and glory to God about? That it's already done. That because you said it, it's so. If you will begin to worship Him and praise Him that what He said is already so in your life, you'll experience it. Satan wants you to say, no, you got, I, if I, if you, I, I won't believe it till I see it. That's the mantra of the carnal nature. That's the opposite of what Jesus taught. He said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do you believe them? When you pray and you shall have them. So God's way is you believe it, and you receive it, and then you see it. So he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Fully satisfied. Are you fully satisfied and assured that God is able to do it in your life? Listen, if you're not, that's all right, but don't stay there. How do I become fully satisfied? I take his promises and I begin to thank him that it's so in my life. That's what happened to me. I was sick most of my life with things that couldn't be fixed by, by uh, uh, medicine or, or, or surgery. And I... I didn't look well, I didn't feel well, but I began to read about Jesus and study what he did for me. And I began to realize, wait, he's already done this, I don't have to obtain this, and I began to praise him for it. I said, Lord, thank you that my spine is whole. Thank you that my discs are fully restored and normally shaped. I had an abnormal disc in my spine that had, had cracked. And I said, thank you, Lord, that each disc is, is shaped as you designed it. And the walls are strong. The cartilage is strong and flexible. And all the gel is in place. And all of the joints and the, the vertebrae. And, and the spine is curved just like you designed it to, to be curved. And thank you for all of these things, for my lungs which breathe clearly. And, and I began to thank and worship him for these things but I, it didn't look like any of it was true. If you didn't know what we just learned and what, what you learn here, you'd thought he's lost his mind. He's off his rocker, you know? And as I continued to do that, I began to experience it. Everyone's different. For you, it might happen sooner for it did me, but for me, it, it, took, it took some weeks and months 
of hearing what you're hearing. Choosing to make that a priority in my mind and in my heart. Choosing instead of listening to stuff other people might listen to, I'd put on a good message. And I'd listen to them, some of them, three, four, five, six, ten, twenty, thirty times the same message. Why? Because it was feeding my spirit. And I was getting stronger. I was understanding things. I was being empowered by faith every time I listened to it. And when you hear a message like that, eat that thing, man. Thank God for phones. We can do that now. We can listen to it over and over and over and over and over. Not because we're trying to earn it, because we're, we're, we want to be healthy. We want to eat Jesus. And one bite isn't going to do it for me. I want to I sit at his table. I want to be there for the rest of my life. I want, I want everything he offers. I want, I want the little appetizers. I want the, you know, I want the, the primi piate. I want, I want every course you've got, Jesus. When we were traveling in Europe, sometimes they would, they would just bless us and they would serve us like eight courses, man. Well, Jesus has more than that for you. And as you listen to good messages and as you meditate on his promises, you move from the appetizer into the next course. Man, I'm telling you, it gets better. It gets rich. Don't settle for an appetizer. Get all the courses that Jesus wants to offer you. Boy, this is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Boy, I thought I was going to have time to get into some more of this. Listen, God's conversation with you will make impossibilities vanish. God's conversations with you will remove impossibilities from the equation of your life. We have multiple examples of it in the scriptures. But you have to take time to let them talk to you. That's what prayer is. It's not a burdensome thing that I have to go to a temple and do. It's a conversation with the one who made me. And I do it all day long, wherever I'm at. I've had wonderful times of prayer on I-95. My eyes were open. You can talk to God anywhere. I'm not going to say I was driving the speed limit. My, my eyes were open. <laughs> oh, glory to God. There's so much inside that the Lord wants to impart to you. These times together are so important. Keep coming. Just, just get a hold. I'm telling you, I feel like um, one of those inside of me, the, those films where they just like, a, what do they call it, a stop motion, or not stop motion, when you film something, very slow speed and time lapse, thank you, yeah. He gives me a time lapse of all the things he wants to share with you. And I try and fit it into one Sunday and it just doesn't work. And we don't need to do that. We've got to eat this bite by bite and chew it. So go to highwaychurch.us, it's all free, click on the media page, and listen to these messages.
Eat them. How many times are you supposed to chew your food? What's grandma saying? 20? Who said 20? I think it's more than that, isn't it? Something like 172,000 times. I don't know. I don't know. But you got to chew that thing, man. Chew the word. Chew the messages that you're hearing. Let, let, your, let your spirit and mind absorb them so that you can benefit from the nutrition they provide, the healing they provide. All right, we'll stop here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We have entered into a new way of living. It's believing you. We've entered into what you've done for us, what you've accomplished for us, what you're doing in our lives, not what we're doing for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for these precious times together. This is not a religious tradition. This is a a gathering of the descendants of Abraham. This is a gathering of people who have faith in them to take you at your word. This is a time to come together and become fully assured of what you've done for us. Thank you for making this possible in a warehouse in East Taunton. (laughs) Just the beginning. Just the beginning. Just the beginning. Thank you, Lord, for taking this message of simple faith, this message of your abundant grace and spreading it like wildfire all throughout this region of Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Thank you, Father for filling this place with people ready to hear, with the people who have been searching and looking and hungry for you, ready to go forward in you. Thank you for bringing them from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. Thank you, Lord, for growing and expanding what you've begun by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.